Dojo, Dynamite 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 Dojo, with Rich and Ashley. Hey guys, this is Ashley and Rich here with episode 26 of Dojo and Dynamite. It is Sunday, April 26th. I am happy to announce that my nine cacti have arrived. My 11 succulents are on the way and I have run out of pots. I thought it was 12. It's 11. I was mistaken. That was misleading. I'm very sorry. You misled the audience. I don't have enough pots to plant them in, so we're going to resort to mugs, I think. And okay. that's what I've been up to. <laughs> well, I've been watching WCW. A lot of it. So there's that. Yeah, we just passed Halloween Havoc 96. Yep, Halloween Havoc 96. We've been flying through this about Halloween a week. Halloween Havoc should come back. Halloween Havoc is Halloween a is premier pay-per-view. And we should have more. Halloween Havoc is a premier pay-per-view. It has a premier name. It's a premier pay-per-view. It had a great set. It was I, cool. I Slim Jim, except the corner posts was, were all Slim Jims. It was Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc 1996. And I was wondering Not if that was why Randy Savage was in the main event, to promote the Slim Jim brand. Is that why he got the title match? Like, is that why they promoted him? That was my thought. I would assume, but... I don't know. I'm already thinking ahead to Halloween. I want some, like, spooky shows. Spooky wasn't, sets uh, and shit. Wasn't that show supposed to come back? If anybody watches it on Netflix, the Haunting on Hill House, or Haunting of Hill House, Haunting on the House in the Hill, one of those? I thought that was supposed to come back in 2021. Oh, it's 2020. My bad. Is it 2020 or 2021? I have no idea. That show is terrifying. Yeah. When I said spooky shows, though, I was referring to like a wrestling themed or a Halloween themed wrestling Yeah, I, I hope that we show. have that opportunity. I mean, I think we had it last year. They dressed up a little bit, but that was like the Rick and Morty one, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a little like silly. I want more spooky. Halloween Havoc. Yeah. Okay. But here we are, ready to bring you this week's Dynamite Recap. Before we get started, we have a question from our dear friend, Queenie, the Queen of N.E. She asked us to share our thoughts on the BTE being the elite episode 200. Yeah, I, I don't really know how to respond to it. I, I mean, it was, it was a backyard wrestling match. I mean, that, that, that's what that was. It was fine. It was a spot fest. I, I guess I don't know... What all the sentiment was about? I guess two hundred episodes. Yeah, no, they were celebrating the accomplishment of not only getting to two hundred episodes, but also I think you could see. It made me feel like they, that was it, though. It made me feel like like this is the last one. The way that it was like shot, it was like kind of dramatic, and it's like, hey, we still have only one more thing to do. And it's like, well, what is that? I don't think this is it. I think they're just accomplishing. All that they've done. I mean, if you go back and you watch the BTEs from the beginning, you can see that it was sort of the start of the journey for AEW in a sense. Well, I don't think that they'd be the same type of talent that they are. I mean, talent's the wrong word. 
I don't think they would be the type of wrestlers they were if they went to the WWE instead of AEW. I think watching them through their process, watching their matches, watching the history of them, you know, you learn about the Young Bucks, you kind of watch the progress, but watching that match, watching the way they worked it, I personally, I, I just don't see where WWE would come into play for them. I'm glad they took the other route. I'm glad they bet on themselves. I'm glad they've helped produce this AEW. I'm glad they've given us this opportunity to do this podcast, to have an opportunity to watch wrestling every week on Wednesday night, TNT, 8 p.m. Eastern. I, I'm happy that we're at this point, and I think watching that show, the biggest thing I could take out of it was that they would not be the same level of impact, still talented, still be doing good matches, probably selling great merch, they would not have the level of impact, the level of freedom to do what they wanted to do if they went to the WWE. And I'm glad they didn't. Oh, absolutely. I have mad respect for the fact that they stayed true to themselves. Uh, they went on their journey. They did it their way. I thought the episode was well done. It was a nice little reflection. It was inspiring. Um and I'm glad that we've got to see them go on this journey, and I'm looking forward to the future. Yeah, and in this episode, obviously, they had a one-on-one -on -one match. It's not something that they normally have, but watching them wrestle is amazing. I mean, you can watch them. It's like muscle memory. They're so they incredibly talented. They take these moves talented. flawlessly. I mean, they did... Uh, obviously, you don't want to take too many bumps on your back, especially on the ground, especially now that they're like, hey, listen, we've gotten out of this. We wrestled in rings for 10 years. We're not, we're not in this, we're not in the backyard business anymore. And they had a ring in their backyard for fuck's sake, but they're not in the backyard business anymore. But watching them take like the DDT in like the power slam and stuff in their weight room, I mean, that was impressive. To watch the way that they took the moves, to watch the way the process was, it was perfect. It was flawless moves. It was, it was a good match. It was a good backyard wrestling match. They're, I, they're wrestlers through and through. Yeah. I I've just... never been a fan of, kind of the walk-around type of just beat-em-up kind of matches, like those backstage matches, you know what I'm talking about? False count anywhere type of things. But I thought this one was good. I, I, I've never been a fan of that, where they just kind of walked through places. I mean, that, what does walking through things do? You know, in the audience, when they have these false count anywhere matches, and I'm going to throw a flashback match. It's not a great one, but it is a match, now that I'm thinking about it. And the flashback match is going to be Extreme Rules 2012, it was Kane versus Randy Orton in a false Kenwear match. It opened the show. Check it out, Extreme Rules, WWE Network, Extreme Rules 2012. We're not doing anything else. Check it out, false Kenwear. But they walk around, and that's what they did. They kind of moved from place to place, but they had story. He jumped off the top of his swimming pool balcony, I guess you can call that. It was like a little roofed-in area. Jumped off that. They went up to the top of the mountain. He tried to throw him off the mountain. Yeah, they did some crazy shit considering the environment. Uh, but my only gripe is that Nick lost. The hell is that about? Well, I mean, he's not a hundred percent. So he tried to drown Matt. He, he did. He tried to kill him after his back. He gave it his all, and he fucking lost. He goes, "I don't think he's gonna work my back." Right in the beginning, he goes, "I'm gonna focus on his back." But so charismatic. The better thing we've been I like love them. after is just like. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> it's it's funny. It was good. Obviously, their brother was uh, the referee. Brandon Cutler's there. Of course, they have no shirts on for some reason. I don't 
I don't understand why the two cameramen didn't have shirts I'm on. I'm sure it was hot. I said that to I'm you sure when we it watched hot. it. Yeah. Like, taking those bumps on the concrete and stuff, that, that had to have been cooking. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to stay down for long, right? That's why they went in a little gym. They're like, you know what? We're going to take the bumps so in the gym. That's why they were shirtless, because they're trying to keep cool. But, like, you got shirtless heat. cameramen, you got shirtless wrestlers, and you have a referee. Backyard shit. At least we know that the referee's a referee. No one else is wearing shirts. At least he's wearing something. Yeah, we, At least could, we know we who could he is. Identify him. I laughed so hard when Nick got into the like the golf cart and he rode backwards. <laughs> Ref, are you okay? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Silly. No, it was, it was fun. It was well done. Um, I think this is, you know, this shows how they, how much they care about wrestling and how much they care about the fans because they do the BTE for us as much as they do it to kind of keep a uh, a journal for themselves. Um, it's been fun to watch the progression of this. Well, I hope that we can see them back on Dynamite soon. I do as well. Yeah, we're supposed to have a live Dynamite May 6th. I'm hoping that we can get them back soon. It's supposed to be live? I believe so, yeah. Nice. That's soon. That's Yeah, I, I believe I saw... I mean, I'm not going to... Next gonna, Wednesday. I'm not going to re-quote anybody or I'm going to give sources here because I, I got picked up by a bunch of people, but I, I did see that they... I guess the schedule was going to be May 6th live, then they were going to tape one, then it was going to be live, and then taped, I guess. Like, it's kind of that every other show type of thing. I don't know if it's going to be exactly like that, but uh, Double or Nothing Live, pay-per-view, Bleacher Report Live fight app, I believe. It's going to be live on pay-per-view. Hopefully they have all the talent. If they, if they don't have all the talent, I'm sure that if they can get back to Florida, they'll have enough talent to put on a high-quality pay-per-view event. So, looking forward to that. Yeah, got some things to look forward to in the near future. Hopefully we can climb our way out of this quarantine. But with that, we will go ahead and get started with this week's recap. So the show gets off to a hot start with our TNT tournament opening match, Darby versus Sammy G. Yeah, and Sammy thought that blue ladder was going to break. Oh, Sammy, we've oh. been there, we've <laughs> done that, but... Yeah, it hurts. I winced. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that that had to have hurt. Fiberglass ladder. That ain't gonna break, bud. But good spot, good match. Uh, obviously, it all took place before the match. I, I I don't understand why it had to take place before the match. I mean, you're not gonna get disqualified, right? I don't I don't believe the tournament has disqualifications because there has to be a winner because you have to move on. So I guess it's kind of no DQ, right? In that in that sense. I guess logically it would have to fall on that. I, I'm not sure. Are there no DQs? What would happen if they got DQ'd? The other person wins and advances, I guess? Oh, I guess, yeah. Wouldn't be a no contest. Yeah. I guess you're right. I don't I know. Maybe he was wearing them down. They, they've, this is a blood feud. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. You're right. Yeah, I, I didn't think of it that way, so... Yeah. yeah, but there were shenanigans beforehand. Um, Sammy... It was a good match. Assaulted. I mean, it was a solid B, Darby. B+. Plus. I enjoyed it. I nothing to talk about more so than anything else. I mean, it, it's a good match. I mean, Sammy and Darby have great chemistry together. Sammy and Darby highlight each other very well. They complement each other very well. And I thought that Jericho did a great job of kind of heaping praise onto Sammy Guevara. Oh, for sure. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I love watching the two of uh, the two of them work together. This match was super fun, and Darby won. I yeah, was it'll be Darby running around the house chanting yeah. for Darby. I was so excited. We got two faces though on Lance Archer, so because we're not going to spoil the main event yet, but we got two faces and Lance Archer. So 
I don't know. What I can say is that I've liked the tournament so far. I like the matchups. Obviously, I'm assuming that we probably would have had different matchups if we had all the wrestlers. It might have been a bigger tournament. Maybe a bigger tournament yeah. or a lo- yeah, a longer one. Um, the way they've done it, it, everything seems to make sense, as we've talked about in terms of kind of putting these feuds and bad blood together. But yeah, I guess things probably could have been a little different if we were working at full capacity. It is kind of tough, though, regardless to kind of look at this show because they're just hard to kind of judge, kind of grade. Again, like we talked about, every week feels like it's so long. It felt like it was so long ago that the show happened. So it's, it's almost hard to, like, kind of remember all the things that occurred in the match, within the match. So it's like, you know, obviously the match was good. I remember it. remember the big spots. But, you know, when you fill it up, like we talked about it with the... I, I appreciated this next set. I don't know what the next match is. I don't believe it was Kenny Omega, was it? It actually was. So that's okay. the perfect transition because this match, Kenny Omega versus Alan Angels, uh, took the internet by storm because... It was a full-length match, well, and this some was people something liked that it. you um, had talked about last week. So alluded to—is that the word? Alluded to that they were going to need to kind of get there. That's what you were asking yeah, for, yeah. yeah. So I, take I, it away. They had to. They had to do this, and I thought this was just basic, logical sports science. You got a couple football players. We watched the NFL draft this week. Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday, all damn day. We watched it all, paid attention to it. Now, a lot of these guys on Saturday, they're picked in what's the 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th round. That's what's considered the meat of your football team. And when all of this concludes, you get an undrafted free agent. Now, take an undrafted free agent kind of like a jobber. These undrafted free agents, they come to your camp. Sometimes they're called camp bodies, but they're undrafted free agents. Highlighted individuals who get picked up because they have a skill set that may adapt well to the NFL but needs time. So these jobbers, they're on the scene. Hey, they have a skill set that may adapt well to the big time, but it's going to take some time. So they go and they bring this guy in, Pineapple Pete, Justin Law, Austin Angels, Alan Angels, Austin Angels? Alan Angels. Alan Angels kind of reminds me of AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels together. It's kind of that kind of guy. So... Alan Angels comes in. Eventually, this guy is going to have to build some talent. The longer that you're on a football team, the longer you participate in training camp, the better you get with the playbook, the more comfortable you get with the routes. As a wide receiver, let's say, for example, the more comfortable you get with your quarterback. And eventually, you have a chance to play. And in the preseason, you get more and more time to perform. And eventually, like Victor Cruz, one day, you may make the team and be a star. So, they eventually had to move away from allowing these jobbers, or forcing these jobbers, to have 17-second matches. They had to allow them to develop and show, hey, we're growing here. We're learning here. We're getting better here. Yes, we're not going to beat Kenny Omega. No, we're not. And Justin Law is not going to beat Sean Spears. No, not yet. Especially not yet. But damn right... I can hang with Kenny Omega for five minutes. Damn right I can. I've been here now for four weeks. I can make it five minutes with Kenny Omega. That makes sense. That's logic. So anybody who doesn't like that, imagine it this way. Yes, enhancement talent is there to enhance. People think, oh, Kenny Omega, 
Just went on one-on-one with a jobber, went five minutes, and didn't deliver an ending that was satisfactory to the level in which he's supposed to be displayed. Now imagine, this guy's been there for four weeks. He's been watching, studying, performing for four weeks. And you're not going to let him go five minutes with Kenny Omega? What's the logic here? And on top of that, you have four jobber matches, four enhancement matches on the same show, on the same card, every single week. I thought it was fine. I enjoyed it. I thought this was exactly what they had to do. Now, I'm not telling you that Justin Law needs to get a win. But the fact that Alan Angels can get five minutes with Kenny Omega, I think it's good. Better than watching squash matches four times. And at least we're building a little bit of chemistry here. At least we're building something here. The guy's growing as an athlete. You're selling this as a sport, right? Wins and losses matter. Yeah, it's padding your stats. You talked about that in the previous podcast. But this isn't padding your stats. We're gathering a human being getting better at wrestling. I I enjoyed it. I liked it. I thought this match was good. I give everything around it an A. I thought it was fine. Match itself was like a B. Kenny Omega's good. Angel showed some gusto. I thought it was good. I thought it was sold well. That was my opinion of it. Yeah, I have no complaints with it either. This is kind of going back to what AEW did at the beginning with Silver and Reynolds, where you're bringing in enhancement talent, or rather they're bringing in enhancement talent, and finding a balance between having a quote-unquote jobber match, but also letting them go the distance. Well, you and I watching WCW, we've been able to kind of see this now. Remember Brad Armstrong? He kind of comes out. He's out there, Nitro, and he's facing guys like Dimalenko. Like, he's not going to win. But he's out there and he gives five, six minutes, and you kind of see him. He's kind of like their resident jobber. He's not going to get the W, but he's going to help put somebody over. And Reynolds and Silver are kind of in that boat, right? They go out there, like you said, they were displayed, they were portrayed well, like librarians too. And it was, and with them, uh, Silver and Reynolds, it was before they were part of the Dark Order, so we didn't right. really know what their but role the, but was But they got a couple be. of minutes, they looked good, took the spots really well, and everybody looked good at the end of the day. Proud and Powerful versus Reynolds and Silver is the one that I remember. They took that finishing move very, very well. Can't really complain. I like John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Yeah, I think we just have to get back to the balance and... Again, these are trying times, so I'm not going to be extremely critical here, but AEW has done a nice job overall of giving you that balance between job room or enhancement talent match and going the distance. And I think in a match like this with Kenny Omega, granted he's the greatest wrestler in the world or one of the greatest wrestlers in the world, he's not the biggest guy. So, like, I... I He's not going to go out and squash like He's in damn Wardlow. good shape, though. Well, I'm saying, you know, Wardlow or, or Brody Lee, these guys are like beasts. Well, what's wild is watching the Nitros. I keep going back because I love this shit. But watching these Nitros, these guys are huge. Like the physiques of each one of these individuals, they are huge. For little guys, too, like, you know, Eddie Guerrero. I mean, that little, I'm not calling them little. I don't mean it that way. But, you know, guys like Chris Jericho, these were considered cruiserweights. And they're as big as the heavyweight. I mean, they're as big as everybody else. I, It almost kind of looks odd to see these little guys who are so bulked up. It kind of just doesn't look natural. Well, it wasn't natural, I guess. But 
it was interesting to see just the difference now. I mean, Kenny Omega's in fantastic shape. Oh, absolutely. I'm not taking that away from him at all. It's just he's not this giant. He's not Lance Archer. Right. Where when you bring size into it, it just makes a little more sense to do an immediate beatdown. But... Sure, I, I agree. I agree. But maybe, you know, Allen, Austin, Allen Angels. I can't get this guy's name right. But Allen Angels, you never know. He's watching Lance Archer now. Maybe he can kind of like stay alive for five Oh, minutes. yeah. No, no, there's... They play into the psychology you of You use things. the Rey Mysterio logic. You kind of just stay alive for five minutes. I don't think this is bad at all. No, I had no issues Zero. with it. But I know last week that's something you were talking about. So Yeah, I, I mean, if I'm glad they did it. I told you, I, I, we're going to have to start seeing them because if we don't get that, it's going to get ugly. But Kenny's also the perfect person to do it because, again, he's the best wrestler in the world, so right. he can I mean, I mean, fucking make yeah. anyone look He wrestles like fantastic. himself. He can be yeah. fine, but I, I thought these guys looked fine. So, thank you for that, AEW. That's something we both enjoyed. Uh, but what I enjoyed was, well, I guess what came after the next match. We had Orange Cassidy with Best Friends, Trent is back, versus Jimmy Havoc with Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian. And Trent wants to fight Penelope but can't, but has to fight Kip, and for some reason, Jimmy Havoc. Trent is hilarious, and Trent was very upset. He was very angry in that promo, right? A silent Trent is a deadly Trent. A silent Trent is a deadly Trent. He goes, this is me, very pissed off right now. So it was Jimmy Havoc versus Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Is what it was. Solid C+. Cool stuff. That's what it was. I liked it. Fine. I like these guys. I like that we have a way to get them involved. I do. Now. I do like that Trent is basically thinking what we're all thinking. Like I just, just Jimmy Havoc now for some reason. I don't understand why, but it's there. It's happening. This is a thing. And next week we will be getting best friends versus Kip and Jimmy in a basically a no holds barred match. No DQ. Sounds no good to me. No count outs. Uh, I'm sure Orange Cassidy and Penelope are going to be at ringside, so it'll. Basically, be what this, like a, this a is six good. man this tag, is this is good. six man and woman tag. I, I like it. I like that's it a good. lot. Yeah, that, that's a good match. I mean, best friends are great. I, I I would like to see them eventually get these tag titles, and I don't mean Same. it in the sense of oh, you know, this or comedy group. But there's, I mean, Trent's fantastic. Uh, they complement each other really well. Orange Cassidy's big pop. It doesn't have to be long. We talked about hot shotting, hot potatoing the titles, and again, not hot potatoing, but kind of. Giving it to some guys. Well, again, because the division is so talented that it should right. be competitive. So Especially if they start, and again, we're not here in the prognostication group, but if they do start bringing in some of these tag teams, you start bringing in maybe the Revival. If you if you do get interested in maybe bringing in Zack Ryder and you team him with somebody, or if you bring in the Bullet Club guys. I, you know, Tama Tonga? The other one, the bald one. But, you know, Machine if, gun? Yeah, if you bring in the... The Bullet Club guys or whatever, and it's you kind of have to legitimize guys like best friends. So, you know, SCU they were the right team to win. They were the right guys to get the tag team titles. They're legit. They're they're a former AEW tag team champions. You got Omega and you have Hangman. Eventually, they're going to have to lose at some point. Who's going to go over? Proud and powerful. Dark Order. I Dark Order seems like the team that's going to get the bump now. I can kind of feel like Dark Order's the next one. 
and we're going to have to tackle the corporation. Some of these face-type tag teams are going to have to tackle down the Dark Order. It's not going to be easy. I can kind of feel that is like the next story kind of brewing here, maybe. I would like to see more tag tournaments. Well, every year, at least every year. And again, maybe you win the tag tournament. It's not for the title, but you go to full gear or whatever the November show is. Maybe like the World Tag League, like I think we may have talked about in the past, where at... You win a cup. And then Wrestle Kingdom, you go and you get your championship match or you should get both right you should like get that. something yeah. and then you should get like the medals they did the medals after the tag tournament back in november october i'm sorry october we culminated with the championship match scu won then they defended in a three-way dance at full gear yeah that was fun um but there's just there's so much talent in the tag division that i just you think for, a tournament's you a forget, way to get you everyone forget guys involved. like private party are there yeah. The Hybrid 2. You yeah. forget about some of these guys. We talk about the Hybrid 2 a lot, so I don't think anybody forgets about them. But I haven't. <laughs> no. But, you know, Private Party, we haven't seen, we haven't talked about, and I saw them on the BTE, and I yeah. said, oh, shit, forgot we got a Private Party here. That, the six-man group's going to help. That six-man tag title, I know everybody kind of shits on it. It's going to help. It's going to help. They're gonna I think do it, it right, only opens it's opportunities help. here. Um, but this match was fun. I like both Orange Cassidy and Jimmy Havoc. I like the shenanigans involved with both sides of the group, and I'm looking forward to next week. But before we get into the next match, you mentioned SCU and Scorpio Sky. AEW did a nice little video package on Scorpio Sky this week. I miss him. That was awesome. Yeah, Scorpio, Scorpio is good, good dude. I mean, he's a great worker. I, I love Scorpio. I, I like, I love I like him Scorpio too. Sky. He's- I mean, classy I dude. He's an amazing athlete. It's, it's not just me. Wrestler. I mean, I like Scorpio Sky. I know a lot of people do. I Scorpio's got a great look. Uh, I Scorpio's the dude, man. Yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> He's the dude. But this was, um, you know, also well done because he hasn't been around for a minute with uh, everything that's been going on with the coronavirus. So I think video packages like that are a good way to. Like reintroduce, and of course their vignettes are fantastic. Well, so of course, yeah. Um, but that's not what I was expecting. I loved getting to kind of catch up with Scorpio for a minute. They said to be continued, so hopefully we'll be getting more. But I think that's well done, and and given the current circumstances, to find a way to kind of keep everyone relevant while they're not able to be at the arena. I think we had one with MJF too, right? Yeah, that actually leads us into the next match, which was Wardlow versus Lee Johnson. Um, oh yeah, Wardlow. Wardlow's good. MJF is injured. He had a big Wardlow hangnail, guy. right? He had a hangnail. A bad hangnail injury. Bad hangnail. It was a it was a left pinky, I believe, because he had the little scarf wrapped around the pinky finger. There it was a bad hangnail. His fans are called MJFs. That sounds like a supernatural Maxwell thing. Maxwell Jacob Freeman fans. That sounds like a Jensen like Ackles thing. Jeffrey Starships. Star Starship Pain? No. Isn't it the Jeffrey Starships? Jeffrey Starships? We're gonna we are gonna offend some people. I know this. Jefferson Starship. The Jefferson Starship. I believe it's a band. I could be wrong, but I believe it's a Jefferson Starship. And those are some creatures. They got to name them because they've never seen them before. It's a Jefferson Starship. Everybody who had to say it, uh, this we're, we're getting sidetracked here. 
it was a Jefferson Starship. It was not a Jeffrey Starship. Yes, I know. <laughs> My I know. apologies. Oh man. Jeffrey Jeffrey Star is a cosmetic designer. I know you like you like Jeffrey Star. Yeah, he just posts way too much shit now. I'm a, I'm a Jeffree Star fan, but he just posts way too much shit on Instagram, and there's a lot of tabs to click through, and it's like, dude, I know you're bored, but like... That's where I got confused. I'm so sorry. Jefferson Starship. You offended some people with that. We both did. My apologies. But like, Misha Collins has got fans, he's got fandoms, this is an MJF. MJF. Is, is this the start of his face turn? How can you turn face if you have Wardlow? Wardlow's great. I don't know. Wardlow's bad guy. But he was... He was Wardlow's the next Batista. His fans now have names. Or MJF. I'm, I'm a big Wardlow fan. Wardlow is... Wardlow's big bucks. I like Wardlow. But see, this is something that was also well done. Wardlow versus Lee Johnson. The bigger thing here is the reason why it was well done was because Wardlow hasn't worked a lot of matches. So how does anybody have tape on him? You, you know what I'm trying to say? When you think about it logically from a sports-oriented aspect, he buried him. Yeah. Right. As he There's should have. I mean, he's this huge dude and with not a lot of... Uh, not experience, like you said, not a lot of... Not a lot of tape. Yeah, exactly. There's not a lot of tape on him. So when there's a lot of tape on Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega works pretty much weekly for AEW. has big matches, Japanese matches. You go back and you can find Kenny Omega all the way to 2008. You can find anything. Remember can, Kenny Omega versus Heath Slater? You could, That's what I was thinking of when yeah. I said it. Heath Slater, Kenny Omega, OVW, I believe, or was it Deep South? I don't know, but it was a good it was match. One of them. <laughs> but you're talking about way back. You can find Kenny Omega. Wardlow, not easy to find. Don't know where it came from. So you can go back to that cage match, but again, cage match, specialty match. I can't anticipate something happening in a cage that's going to happen outside of a cage. So the Wardlow thing makes sense. Bury him. I ain't got no tape on Wardlow. I'm not going to stop this guy. I don't know what he's going to do. Logic. Good stuff. I like Wardlow, though. Yeah, this was good shit also. Um, I just... It, it makes... It makes sense. There's a time and there's a place for a squash match. Well, you got uh, Wardlow, Swagger Nation. Gotta always do a little Swagger Nation. Big guys. Lance Archer. They have very talented big guys. Very athletic big guys. They do, and I like what we've seen with Lance Archer. He wasn't on the show this week, but, you know, the Lance Archer-Marco stunt match was good because Marco went the distance. And I'm not trying to contradict myself. The, the... They're validating. Well, they're validating Marco's stunt, and I, I think it's important to do that. You have to make him viable, especially if the six-man tag team titles are coming. So I think that that's very important for Marco, who works, again, almost weekly. At least bi-weekly. To put up a good fight on Lance Archer. Yeah, and next week we're going to be getting Marco versus Brody Lee. Might which... be tough for Marco. Hmm? Might be tough for Marco. Hasn't, doesn't have a lot of tape. Well, you got a lot of tape on Luke Harper. Don't have a lot of tape on Brody Lee. But this transitions to the next match, which was, I'm sorry, Mr. Brody Lee versus Justin Law. And again, like I said, not a lot of tape on Mr. Brody Lee. So Justin Law gets the big old squash. That's fine. Border League goes over. It's good stuff. Yeah. Luchasaurus had some squash matches, too, very early on. Not a lot of tape on Luchasaurus. In that sense, not a lot of, you know, you don't know much about Luchasaurus. 
So when you look back at it, how can these guys... You can go five minutes with Kenny Omega because I've studied Kenny Omega. I've watched Kenny Omega for a decade. I know Kenny Omega. I don't know Luchasaurus. Probably going to beat my ass. Big dude. Yeah, because size, I think, matters in this instance. But I don't know. Mr. Brodely gets the win, sets up the... Yeah, it's just to see. Just a squash. Feud or the next match with Marco. Um, is he recruiting Marco to the Dark Order? I don't know. They've done this before. They've been trying to recruit Marco to the Dark Order. They'll add more people. They might need some singles guys, though. Like Brandon Cutler or something. They might they, need some singles guys. They should get a lady, too. They should get a lady. Wear a mask? Why not? Lady Mayavia? Is that her name? Maravia? 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 Triple A. Good stuff. This brings us to the main event of the evening, which was the second TNT Tournament Championship match. TNT Championship Tournament match. Dustin versus Kip Sabian. And so Dustin advertises that if he can't beat Kip Sabian, he's going to retire. He's going to walk away from the business. And Jericho did a great job hyping this up, going, you know, if, if you have a doubt in your mind, then you've already lost. I like Kip Sabian, and I like Dustin. So I'm glad they got to meet off. It was a fine match. I mean, it, it was as good it was what it was. I don't know if the stipulation was appropriate not having an audience. I feel like the audience would have hung on everything that Dustin did if there were people there. It's kind of, I understand the stipulation. I know you why you added it. I, I get it. it. Obviously, it adds drama to the match. It makes the match feel important because we talked about this before, right? Lance Archer is the murder hawk. doesn't matter about Cole Cabana. He's coming in and killing everything in his path. The Sammy and Darby have a huge history with each other. Good matches, inner circle, the elite all the time since October that Darby's kind of helped the elite or slightly aligned with the elite to go against Sammy Guevara. Cody and Sean Spears have a storied history with one another. Dustin tried to add that intrigue to this Kip Sabian match. And I get that. I'm fine with that. And it works with Dustin because you never know when his last match is going to no, be. No, you don't. Like he, I feel like he's, as we saw with Double or Nothing, he's kind of getting to that point where it, the story funny. works. Like and it it's could funny be the last match. Because, yeah... Some of the guys help him out. Some of, that's why he works better with some of these other talents like Sammy Guevara, Kip Sabian. But he's the best he's been. I don't want to see him go. No, this no, is the no, best no. he's been. I don't want to see him go at all either. But it just it that element works. It's like he it does. could it, leave. Uh, for it the, could for be the home it. audience, it was still okay. But yeah. it, it kind of lost its... You know that Dustin's not going to lose in front of nobody. And his career is going to end. You kind of just know that's going to happen. Yeah, that would be silly. Yeah, and that's why I didn't really love the fact that they added that in. I thought they added it just to add a little intrigue, considering the other matches had some intrigue, a little, the other matches had some history. I thought that's why they added it. Listen, it was fine. Match was solid, B-. minus. Good main event match. Dustin wins with the flip pile driver. He called it the Code Red. I believe so. Uh, It was good. I liked it. I liked the fact that he finished with it. I liked that move. It's good stuff. I mean, it's good shit. As Vince would say, right? So, it's good shit. Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was a good show. This was a better Dynamite than some of the recent Dynamites. Not to say Dynamites have been bad. It's just that with 
No fans, no audience. I thought this Dynamite just felt a little bit better. Had it, good vignettes, good packages. It felt complete. It did. It like, felt from better. Start to finish with the matches and with the outside of ring shenanigans and video packages. It did felt it like- feel like they were bigger stars? Maybe is that what it was? Since Omega worked, we had the promo with the best friends. We had the involvement of Kip Sabian and Dustin. We kind of had bigger stars. I mean, not to give any offense to anybody else, but again, it kind of felt like we had maybe some bigger stars here. It felt more normal. Like, back to our previous episodes with, with audiences where they have an MJF promo, best friends, like you said. They're, Matt Hardy had a video package near the beginning talking to Jericho. We had the Bubbly Bunch again. Right, um, we did the Bubbly Bunch just, again, right. Yeah, you get those felt, guys involved. I'm, I'm glad we're doing the Bubbly normal, Bunch. sort of. It, correct. And I'm glad that we're doing the Bubbly Bunch. I am glad because I want to see Santana and Ortiz. I like keeping them involved. It makes them feel like they're involved. Like it gets Hager involved, keeps him involved here. You got to have a little Moxley coming up soon. I don't know if it's a, a promo or a vignette or something. Got to have a little Mox coming in, and then we'll be able to kind of feel like, hey, we got a pretty good show. And then you got the BTE. You kind of add, even though it wasn't on the show, it's like, yeah, you add it to the show, the match between Matt and Nick. So you got a really good dynamite. Yeah. This is, it's such a difficult time because it's not like anyone's out with injury where you're kind of waiting for them to return. It's like just not everyone can be at the show because of the surrounding circumstances. So when we get back to live audiences or back to live shows, rather, you have to kind of integrate everyone again Yeah, they'll, in they'll terms of back. story. And I know that they'll be able to do it, but it's like you said with the video packages and whatnot, it's just a good way to keep everyone involved as much as we can right now. So with that, it's a short episode, quick to get through. I'm going to give you two questions. Me? You. Mm. Personally, you. And people at home, they want to listen to it. They want to answer the questions. At Dojo and Dynamite on Twitter. Dojo and Dynamite on Instagram. Let us know your answers. Do you think we're watching WCW Nitro? We're watching guys show up left and right. Do you think the inner circle should add another person or two? Mm, Yes. I think that they could add uh, another person or two, maybe maybe a, a female. I liked what they did with Jeff Cobb. I, I like that as well. Um, I like factions. I like having a lot of people involved. It adds it adds meat to the group. It adds depth to the group and makes them more vi- uh, not viable. Makes them more competitive. However, I don't just want people to be added to the inner circle. I, I agree, and I, I think Jericho may have said it himself that it's not about who or when or how many. We could have 50, we could have none. It's all about the right fit. I thought what they did with Jeff Cobb was really good. Yeah, that was perfect. But again, I do think they're missing like one piece. They're missing one more guy. And people may disagree with me. I don't know who the guy is. Don't get me wrong. Doesn't have to be a promo guy. Doesn't, you know, you have Sam, you got Hager, you got the tag team. But it's like you need one more guy. I thought what they did with Jeff Cobb was really, really good. Almost like Jeff Cobb could have been that guy. Yeah. I don't think he did more than that. You're right. A woman would be cool. Just adds diversity. Adds diversity. Different element. You're right. But I think, is there room for it? Sure. But I don't know who. I don't 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 just doesn't need it right now so don't just 
plug and play someone. Do it when it makes logical sense. And the second question is, do you think Machine Gun Carl Anderson and the Big LG, whatever the hell he's calling himself now, Sex Ferguson? Is that what he's calling himself? This can't be real. No, that is... Oh, Jesus It is real, I think. Okay, so... Carl Anderson might be back from the art of wrestling and the big LG. Do you think they fit in AEW or is New Japan the place they should stay? That's a tough one. Machine Gun threw out a tweet a little bit earlier today saying the Young Bucks versus FTR versus the motherfucking Bullet Club. I want to see that. <laughs> I want to see that very badly. Now the revival um, FTR, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to Disrespect them. FTR. Uh, Dax Harwood. Cash Wheeler. I think Wheeler and Harwood, I think they would fit perfectly in AEW. That, that's the fit. I, we've been watching tons of the Four Horsemen. They got the Arn Anderson look. I mean, everybody always advertised that, but they do. They got it. And they better show up wearing goddamn bowling jackets, varsity jackets, like fucking Steiner level. Those, you know, the, you know what I'm talking about. Those, like, nerds jackets. Get a couple nerds jackets. Hell Yeah. Nerds clothing, check them out. There's great line of clothes, great coats, great designs. There's a Jay White one coming out soon. Jay White coming out, Nerds clothing. Please check them out on Twitter. They are fantastic. High quality merchandise. But get a couple Nerds jackets. Those sons of bitches come out. Oh, that would be perfect. That's how you do the it. Look, That's how you roll. The look is perfect. And then partnering FTR, with Nerds, I like it. Dax and Cash, those individuals, that's AEW. New Japan, Bullet Club, Carl Anderson, Sex Ferguson. I hope he's not his name. But the big LG, I think that's where they fit. My heart says Japan also. I, it just, it's where they fit. Uh, Bullet Club's full right now, though. Bullet Club's full. I, I mean, full, obviously, you can always expand. And these guys are the OGs. I was say, these are OGs, Bullet yeah. Club is pretty full in regards to the amount of people. So maybe we could see a little excommunication here. Bullet I've, Club? I've, I've been like on, I've been fearing that Jay White is on his way out of the Bullet Club. Could, I just could the Machine Gun Carl like, Anderson come back and take the lead role? Could Kenta take the lead role from Jay White? No, a lot of possibilities. My heart says New Japan, but I think that AEW could still find a place for them. This is me kind of fantasy booking because best of both worlds, but. The, you know, the tough thing right now is New Japan's not doing shows. No, I understand. So, so I mean, these guys, if they want to work and there's an opportunity to work in the United States, I think it fits. But right now, they have so many tag teams. It's just it's really tough. And then you don't need titles for it. I understand. But you do have to highlight some of these individual tag teams. You got Kip Sabian now and Jimmy Havoc kind of working together. Sean Spears is still looking for a tag team partner. Could be Zack Ryder. Heel Zack Ryder. Black mm-hmm. Trunks. I don't know if I liked... I don't know if I'm a big fan of the Zack Ryder connection, but mm. that's just me. I've never really been a big fan of Zack Ryder. So, nothing against the guy. Just as an on-screen talent, I didn't really enjoy Zack Ryder. So. I'm excited to see what opportunities come for him. Give him something new, hopefully. Zack Ryder? Yeah. Well, I got to see him not be a Long Island bro. Maybe that'll change my opinion. But we've always... Held out the doubt, I guess you can call it, with AEW. We've let them tell us the story and give us the opportunity to learn and, and appreciate. So I give AEW all benefit of the doubt. And 
They'll prove us. I think right having a platform to let your creativity flow and be yourself or express yourself in the way that you want to has allowed a lot of these people to thrive. And I it, mean, Sean Spears is infinitely cooler than yeah. Ty Dillinger. Yeah. So no, and Mox is cooler than Dean Ambrose. Yeah, Hager's I mean, I mean just just head and shoulders, different people. Brody Lee is a beast. Um, I just, yeah, I, I think. I, that's what I really like about AEW, and and that's what gets me excited for the future with anyone that they bring in, just whoever it may be. But as Rich said, feel free to share your thoughts regarding those two questions. Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram. You can email us. Rich already went through that. Um, yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening, as always, and we will be back later this week with another episode. Thanks, guys.